You're about to listen to another inspiring word from House on the Rock Church, the London Lighthouse. For more information and interaction with House on the Rock, please visit our website on hotr.org.uk. John chapter 4 verse 35. I read in your hearing, it says, Say not ye, there are yet four months. And then cometh harvest. Behold, shout behold. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already for harvest. In other words, now is the harvest. Now is the harvest. He said, don't say to yourself, they have this in four months. Said, but look up, behold, the field is wide because their harvest is now. Thank you, Jesus. Now, the title of my meditation that the Lord has placed in my heart is, your divine intervention is now. Oh, let me try this side. <laughs> I think this side is not... Your divine intervention is now. Well, I think this side is not catching it more. Well, let me try you again. Your divine intervention is now. Bow your heads with me. Father God, in the name of Jesus, now is the hour of what you have put in my heart to deliver to your people. I pray, oh God, that you make me your oracle. Make my mouth, oh God, as a tool in your hand. That you make my tongue as the pen of the ready writer. That your word that is spoken this day, this moment, we set free. That, oh God, you will do what you propose from the foundation of the earth to do unto your people in the mighty name of Jesus. That, Father God, you go beyond my preparation. Touch your people. Open eyes. Set your people free. Oh God, I hide behind the cross. The Lord, in the name of Jesus. That every word that goes out this moment, oh God, that your angels are in readiness, ascending and descending, perfecting your will, your word, for every boy, girl, man, under the sound of my voice, in the name of Jesus. And let them that believe shout a bigger amen. You may have your seat. Hallelujah. Your divine appointment is now. You know, I'm one of the less privileged ones when it comes to hearing God, because I know some of you, you, you are quite um, spoiled, and you, you hear God. When God wants to speak to you, God speaks to you. Bukola, Bukola, once have I spoken, twice have I heard. You hear your name, my son, my son, and he speaks to you audibly. But I... I, I, I envy such skills because I know it's possible for God to speak audibly to people. But I'm one of the less privileged ones that uh, the way God speaks to me, it's never been in an audible voice. But I carry God's presence and I know when he's talking to me, when he's nudging me. And the interesting thing about this God is God uses my day-to-day -day interaction to speak 
to me. The other day, which led to the birth of this message, I was going to the dream, and the dream that I go is 24 hours, and they were refurbishing the dream. So, certain section of the dream were not available, so they were restricted. So, we were restricted to what we can use. But by the time after four weeks, when the refurbishment was done, I got into the dream about three weeks ago. And as I entered into the dream, immediately, uh, do you want to put up my first slide? I saw a sentence just at the door. Come on, media. Are you ready? Ladies and gentlemen, there are certain things when you, when you hear some words, that some things it does into you. When I saw the word, are you ready? Immediately, it occurred to me that I'm coming for some serious business. And that word, are you ready, began to ginger me. In fact, before I got into the revolving door, I was actually ready to start lifting up the machines because that word made me realize what I have come to do. Are you ready? Ladies and gentlemen, there are some words that we hear. It provokes something in us. There are some words that we hear. It encourages us. There are some words that we hear, especially when it comes to God. God, in terms of his word, it makes us to realize the God that we serve. And at the same time, it makes you to know that you are better than this. You are better than your situation. And that is why I'm so careful to listen to people. I know who I want to listen to. Now, my Baba is Jamaican, and I love him to bit. Now, obviously, when I go to my Baba, he has to refine his language. When I go in there, I plug my ears because there's some things that he says, it is non edifying. But my Baba is one I go to every time for the past 15 years when I want to have a haircut like I did yesterday. He knows how to cut my hair. But when it comes to speaking the word, I know who to run to. I run to who that speaks to my life, to my pastor, to my prayer partner, to my partner that says the word unto me. Lift up your heads all oh, you get, be you lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the king shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord Almighty, the Lord strong in battle. So I love to hear words that edifies me. Uh, and when I went into the gym, because there's a several compartment of the gym. I started with the treadmill just to get my heart rate up and I did it for about 20 minutes and I went into where the boys are, you know, where the men participate, the test room, you know, where the bench pulling the strings, you know, carry the weight and I got in there and the Lord opened my eyes to another statement. Oh my word that blessed me. It says it is not perfection but it's progress progress not perfection now you may be so hard on yourself ladies and gentlemen hear me you may not be good as you want to but one thing you have to do is to begin to make progress well you may be complaining I don't know how to pray well I see pastor let me pray for one hour but listen to me child of God progress. Start with five minutes. Progress, not perfection. So when I saw that word, now the weights that I lift, and I said, oh my God, I'm doing a good job. 
progress, not perfection. Because when you begin to progress in what you do, you are heading towards perfection. Oh, I know I'm not as strong as you are. I know that I have certain faults in me. But ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says that the righteous man shall fall seven times. Seven times shall he rise up again. I may have fallen, but I will dust myself and come up again because it is progress and not perfection. And because when I rise up, I begin to perfect that particular area and I begin to walk towards perfection. Progress and not perfection. And the birth of this message was in the, the other sentence that I saw that blew my mind. That blew my mind because to some of you, you got to go back to the beginning. And it says, remember why you started. Remember why you started. Some of us, we make New Year, New Resolution. Well, I want to be like a Coca-Cola. You know, I want to slim down. And you start it, and you get up every January. But at some point, you just lose hope. But one thing I want to say unto you, that when you remember why you started, it's going to boost your faith. It's going to bring encouragement unto you. And when I saw that, I began to remember things about my life. I began to remember. Ladies and gentlemen, it is good to remember. Because when you remember, you are focused. You, are, you get refocused. When you remember what the enemy is trying to distract you, you get back onto track. Remember why you started that business. Remember. Remember why you came into this country. Remember why God took you to that locality. Remember, remember the word of God that came unto you over your life, over your family. Remember the word of God over your mission, over your calling. Remember, remember, remember. Often we so forget. And when we forget, we forget who we are. But I'm here to sound a warning, church. Remember, remember who you are in God. Remember, remember, remember. There's a popular phrase in the business world, if he ain't broke, why fix it? In other words, when you have a process in place, especially Six Sigma, it is operating on its optimal, best performance. If he ain't broke, why fix it? Now, but if it's broken, you got to fix it. Now, just look straight. Because some of you are going to stone me. The church is broken. And I'm here to fix it. The church is broken because there's so many things that we know about ourselves when we got saved. We've just forgotten. Perhaps by the religion or the situation that you and I go through. You just forget. Remember why you started. And this phrase is so important because when you remember, your focus is right. When you remember, you know how to court, limit every distraction. There are some things you have to get back onto remembering. Remembering. At the Last Supper, Jesus admonishes us in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 25, that whenever you observe, you partake of the communion, he says, 
Remember. Remember that sacrifice so that when you come to the table, you don't do it for vain. Remember that his body was broken for you. Remember that the wine represents the shed blood. So each time you come to the table, remember, because when I remember it, and as I come to the and I remember his body was broken for me. And at that point of me coming to the table, I begin to have the faith in me that every sickness in my body disappears. Remember, remember. Each time you come to the table. I don't know what God is prompting in your heart that you start to remember. Remember why you started that business. Remember. Remember. So we observe. Let us quickly observe certain instances in the Bible. Especially in the New Testament. For you to know why I'm projecting this word. Remember. 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 Philippians 1, 3 says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Because Paul, when he remembers the church at that, at that point in time, and he hears of the testimony, immediately he remembers, oh, God is alive over the church. God is alive over his people. And he begins to thank God. There are some things you need to remember that what God is doing in your life. In your family, because when you do, then things will rise up from your inner man. Now, Peter in Second Peter from verse chapter one from verse twelve, he says, "Wherefore I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things." What things? We can see from verse 5 to 9, it says, And beside this, giving all diligence unto your faith virtue, unto virtue knowledge, unto knowledge temperance, unto temperance patience, unto patience godliness, unto godliness brotherly kindness, unto brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, that make you that you shall neither be barren, nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things, that is why Peter was saying, remember, remember, for he that lacketh these things, the Bible says, he cannot see afar off. Second Peter chapter 3 from verse 1 to 6. Beloved, now I write unto you, both which I stir up your pure mind by way of remembrance. By way of remembrance. Here Peter was reminding the saints that indeed they need to be aware that in the last days there will be scoffers walking after their own lost. So he had to tell the church. He had to write a letter to them. An epistle. Remember, remember that in the last days scoffers that goes about on their own. To satisfy the lost, we rise up in the last days. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 17 says, For this cause have I sent unto you Timotheus, who is my beloved son and faithful in the Lord, who shall bring you into remembrance. Hear that word again, to remembrance of my ways, which be in Christ, as I teach everywhere 
in every church. And this is where Paul says, be ye followers of me as I follow Christ. So he sent Timothy to remind them, remember, remember, remember what I stand for. Remember, remember, remember why you are here on earth. You are an ambassador of Christ. Remember, because when you begin to put focus on what God has placed in your life, you will be steadfast. And 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5 to 6. When I call to your remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelleth first in thy grandmother, Louise, and thy mother, Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also, wherefore I put thee in remembrance, that thou stir up the gift of prophecy in you. The gift of prophecy that has been laid upon you by the laying of hands. I don't know about you, but there are so many times in my life, in my trajectory, whereby the word of God has come upon my life via prophecy. And I have to stare that gift. I remember what did God say? Because when the word of God comes over your life, the enemy will try to distract you. But when you remember, oh, this is what the word of God says concerning me. It puts me on the right foundation. Remember, remember. Turn to your neighbor say, remember, remember, remember. Now, against this backdrop, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to put you in remembrance of your origin, your source. By that, I mean where you, yes, you originated from. I, I, I know some of you are British. I know some of you are Nigerians. I know some of you are from every part of the world. Yes, but I'm here to let you know. Yes, I know where you identify in the natural, but you are God's first. You have to remember your origin. Now, you have to stay close with me because this is the bedrock of my message. Because if you miss this, you might struggle. So stay very close with me because I need you to pay full attention attention. Uh, yes, you have to remember your origin. Now, we know the popular scripture, Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. It says, God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. And I want to open your eyes to a different dimension this morning. And it's a popular scripture that you and I quote, we're made in the image and the likeness of God. But there are two things I want us to really examine. Two words in that text that I want us to examine properly. The first one is image. Image. Now, image represents or is a representation of the form of a person or thing. So, you notice if, if, if uh, you go out to maybe a public building whereby you've got statue of a known person. That statue, you can recognize the person. So as you all know, I'm a, I'm a fanatic of Arsenal fan. When you go to the stadium, one of our legends, Thierry Henry, we've got a statue outside. And when you see the statue, you've seen Thierry Henry. Because image is a representation of the form of a person or a thing. Okay, so let's put it into perspective. 
You are a representation of the form of God. Because God said, let's make my in our image. So you, you are a representation of the form of God. Um, I, I don't think you heard that because if you did, something will rise up in you and you will give the Lord a shout of hallelujah. Because I've just said to you, you are a representation of the form of God. Now, that is the best, that the best, and, and the best, where God is not a thing, the best entity that you can actually be mirrored. And I'm here to let you know as good news, and you are sitting like a bump, bump, a bump in the lobe, you know, as though something, you're, you're just, you're, you're, care, I mean, you're carefree. I've just said unto you that you are a representation of the form of God. Now, I don't think you heard me because if you heard me, there are certain things in you that will begin to erupt. The, the pastor, the preacher say that I am a representation of the form of the form of God. Oh, I feel like preaching now. Now, but just, just hold it. Uh, yeah. Let me take a station break because you, you, you are too quiet. It appears that you don't understand what I've just dropped on your lap. But I would take a station break just for one or two people. Are you ready for the station break? Now, watch this, watch this. You as a human being, you've got eyes. Yes, you've got eyes. So that's one of the features of human beings. You've got eyes. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians, 2 Chronicles, I beg your pardon, chapter 16, verse 9. For the eyes of the Lord, the eyes of the Lord runneth to and fro the entire universe. In other words, the eye of the Lord runs from the United Kingdom to, the, to Asia, to Middle East, to Africa, to the United States of America. The eyes of the Lord runs to and fro. Now, guess what, ladies and gentlemen? Guess what? Now, because I've got eyes, when I, when I have that revelation, I'm made in the form and the image, the form, the representation of God, it tells me about God. He sees what is happening. Now, I don't need to be in anywhere in the world. I don't care what you're planning for me, but God's eyes run to and fro, and I know that I'm covered. Now, if you know that indeed that God's eye runs the entire earth for you, give him a shot in the house. Now listen, 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 listen. Now if you have, if you have that knowledge, you, you understand what I've just said unto you. You will stop worrying on certain things. You will stop worrying of the call that you got about a cousin or a family call far away, miles away. But I'm here to let you know before the call came to you, the eyes of the Lord, it, it doesn't just walk. It says it runs toe and through the entire universe. God has got you covered. As long as this earth is concerned, he's got you covered because his eyes is running through and fro just to ensure that he makes his will perfect over your life. So you've got eyes. It doesn't just stop there. It doesn't stop. You've got eyes. Glory be to God. Now, watch this. You've, 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 got, you've got hands. You've got hands. Uh, and you've got Ears. Oh, help me, Jesus. Now, here it is. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 59, verse 1 Behold, oh, behold, the hand of the Lord is not too short 
to deliver. In other words, church, your deliverance is not far from you because God's hand is not too short. Do you know what that means? His hand is long enough to extend to any place, to move anything that ought to be moved for your deliverance to get manifested. He says his hands are not too short to, to deliver. His hands are not too short to deliver. Now, listen to Psalm 95 verse 4. The New Living Translation says, He holds in His hands the depths of the earth and the mightiest of mountains. Kilimanjaro Mountain. Name it the biggest mountain. The Bible says He holds it in His hands, the palm of his hands. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't know how big your God is. Your God is bigger than anything you can think of. You don't have a clue how mighty your God is. Your God is bigger than anything, mightier than the mightiest. Your God is so awesome that your brain can actually phantom it. Now, look at what I've just quoted to your hearing. It says his he uses his palms to hold the mountains, hold the mountains in the universe. That is the God that the Bible says, I am made in his image. My word. Oh, my word. Now, I feel like taking an offering because that word just blessed. That is the God that I am made in his image. And watch this again about, about you've, got, you've got ears. You've got ears. It says, his ears are not deafened. Not to hear you cry. And interesting about this God, the Bible said, before I cried, he heard me. Do you know why? Do you know why? Oh, you may not be able to handle this. Do you know why? The Bible said, before you cried, he heard it. Do you know why? Because before your mama saw your papa, and before they did what they did to produce you, a lovely entity that represents God. Jesus was slain from the foundation of the earth. So all the problems that you will encounter in the entire universe, the solution has been made. Hence God said, listen, before you cried, I've answered. You know, before the problem came, the solution was already there. Glory be to God. And finally, you, you've, you've, got, you've got mouth. Remember the image? It is a representation of the form of a person. You've got mouth. Jesus, in his response to Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, when he was saying to the Jews, he was making some statement about himself, about how, how God he is. The Bible said the Jews, they said to Jesus, you are blaspheming because the Jews will not hear, tolerate that an a human being to raise himself to the level of God and they said Jesus was blaspheming and in Matthew chapter 4 verse 4 Jesus had to remind them what was written in their law which is from the book of Psalm 85 it says as it is written in the book of your law know ye not that ye are gods know ye not that you are gods glory be to God Know you not that you are God. Look at your neighbor. Say, I'm God. Uh, you see, yeah, I know, I, know, I know that religious, you know, the religious spirit in that rose up in you. Say, now, now, you're, you're, being, you're being blasphemous. Now, look at your neighbor. Say, I'm God. Oh, you see, there you go. The church is broken because Jesus, we read in the Bible, he said, no, you're not, you are God. Because, do you know why? You were made in his image. Now, listen to this. 
I'm trying to remember the scripture. The, the, it, it says, if my mind is gone blank now, Holy Spirit, just help me. You are God. Yeah, I remember the scripture. No, Holy Spirit, help me now. That's part of the script, by the way. So it's not that I forgot. It's part of the script. So I have to teach you to learn to listen and hear the Holy Spirit, you know, so that you don't run too far. Now, you remember the, the place in the Bible? It says, ah, Holy Spirit, you have not. Ah. Ah. Is this a test? You know the scripture. You know the scripture. It's going to come to me. If it doesn't, I'm going to go and I come back. It's going to come to me. All right, I'm going to come back to it. But Jesus said, know ye not that the scripture says that ye are God. I am God. I am God. I told you, you will never leave me nor forsake me. I'm here with the Holy Ghost. He's reminded me the scripture. He's reminded me the scripture. You know, let me tell you something about this man that you are. Even David struggled to understand this man. Because when David walked with this God, so God, the kind of attention you are paying to this man, it doesn't make sense. And the Bible says in the book of Psalm, and David in his encounter with God in contemplation, he said, what is man? That thou are so mindful of him. In other words, in God's mind, I am fool. You're, you are fool in his mind. What is man that thou are so mindful of him? Or the son of man that thou have, that, that have made him a little lower than angel. No, that is KJV. But the original translation says a little lower than Elohim. In other words, you are greater than the angels. A little lower than God. Now listen, when you go to a ceremony, okay, there's what they call the high table. And from the high table, you know who is who is who and who is where. Now, if you are not God, why would the Bible say that you are seated in Christ Jesus at the right hand of God? In other words, God has given the privilege to sit at his right hand because you have the element of God. Oh, I don't know if it's you I'm preaching to. I am made in the image. I am the representation of the form of God. Now my time is running fast. So I'll go to the second word, likeness. See, the word likeness is the fact, it is the fact or quality of being alike. Is the fact or quality of being alike. Have, you, have somebody ever walked up to you? Oh, you look like someone that I know. Oh, mm, say, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, I'm the one. Oh, it's, no, I'm not the one. Because they see a resemblance. Oh, church, if you got this the way I got it when the Lord opened my eyes. In other words, when you see me, you say, I look like God. Say, I look like God. Because I'm made in His image and likeness. Dear sister, you look like God. Oh, that should make you smile. That my word, I look, are you, do you, are you saying that I look like God? Yes, you are made in his likeness. You look like God. And this is where 
I go to round off my message. Because now you are ready to grasp what I'm about to teach you or drop on your lap. So, I look like God. I am like God. Yeah, indeed. Yes, I look like God. I'm not saying that, well, I'm... I'm not like, I look like God. Yes, you look like God. Let us sink into your mind. You look like God, whether you believe it or not, but that is the fact. Likeness is a fact. Or believe. Or something that you look like. Look like God. Perhaps I need to remind you of something. John chapter 10. Which I quoted a few minutes ago that Jesus said unto the Jews, It's been written in your law that ye are God. Every human being was made in the image and likeness of God. But we lost that identity when Adam fell. Now, you accepting the Lord as your Savior, being born again, you regain that identity, image of God, and likeness of God. So don't let the devil deceive you or tell you anything short than that. You are made in the image and in the likeness, in the likeness of God. And the same way that David called that revelation, you need to know that God's mind is full of you. You need to know that God will always visit you because God has investment in you. Glory be to God forevermore. So, image and likeness of God is quite important to reconnect to our, our origin. So, image of God, the representation of the form of God, likeness of God, the fact or quality of being alike. So, being like God. There are many traits that can be attributed to God. But I will focus on two as I round off my message. I'll focus on two traits in the light of the text, our main text that I read at the beginning of the message in John chapter 4, verse 35. About say ye not that the harvest is in four months, but look, the field is white. In other words, the harvest is now. The first attribute is influencer. So God being God, God is an influencer. He can influence things. Now stay with me. I, being made in the image of God and the likeness of God, I can influence things. So I'm here to let you know, just in case you don't, you have my permission to put it on your CV if it's going to go far. I am an influencer. Now, if they call you for an interview, you say, well, what do you influence? But you better tell them, I'm a child of God. I'm like God. I can influence things. As funny as that sounds, but stay with me. First Kings chapter 7 verse 1 gives us an interesting story, which you and I remember. About Elijah and King Ahab. 
Elijah walked to the palace of the king. And Elijah said, It shall not rain in this land for many years, according to the word of God. Oh, there you go. After, see, false prophets will come, the last to, to, to confuse you. It says, It shall not rain for many years, according to my word. Oh, you don't believe me. Can, media, can you put it on the screen? Because they, they don't believe me. First Kings chapter 17, verse 1, <coughs> KJV. So, King, uh, Prophet Elijah was saying to the king, Now, I represent God. Now, what I say goes in this place. I'm an influencer. It will not rain in this land according to my word. You do not know the kind of power that you ought, you ought to operate in. You do not know how you're meant to influence things in your domain, in your environment. It says, according to my word. And what happened? The entire, if you go to uh, First Kings 17 and 18, the Bible recorded that for three and a half years. Now listen, that is supernatural. That is not natural. Within a cycle of a year, you've got the raining season, you've got the summer, you've got winter. But the man of God said, according to my word, because he's an influencer. And it happened, according to his word. So, we also love to quote Isaiah 40, verse 31. But they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. And I come unto you, brother, what I, what's happening about the job? I'm waiting on the Lord. I'm waiting on the Lord. Hey, sister, what, what's happened about the project? I'm waiting on the Lord. I'm waiting on the Lord. But here, this child of God, we misread that scripture. Yes, that passage of scripture is appropriate when you're praying. It's appropriate when you are fasting. It's appropriate when you're inquiring of the Lord of certain things that is beyond you, outside your control. They that wait on the Lord. It's appropriate in that sense. But hey, God has given you all things that pertains to life and godliness. There are some things that you don't wait on the Lord for. Do you know what? It is a finished work. And I tell you why, religiously, you have trusted God for that thing, but you keep saying, because you read Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, with your religious mind, say, well, I am waiting on the Lord. But that is in the wrong contest. But Jesus came to change the terrain. And Jesus said in the book of Matthew chapter 18, verse 18. Now listen to this. You don't believe me, but I want to tell you an influencer. He said, whatsoever you bind on earth <clears throat> shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Who is controlling it? You, what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Child of God, God is waiting on you. It is not you waiting on God. God is waiting on you because what you bind on earth, then heaven will respond. Because you are an influencer made in the image and the likeness of God. And what you have bound, heaven will bind it. What you lose on earth, heaven in accord will lose it on earth. You are an influencer. You got to take the lead. You got to do it. 
You gotta take the charge because God has given you the dominion to operate. So it's not God waiting on you. You have to do it. The same story you know about Moses. Go to the Red Sea. Oh, I'm waiting on the Lord. You know, there are times whereby I'm not undermining prayer. You got to pray. But you know, there are times whereby it's not prayer that you need. It's understanding who you are. The will of God on that situation. And you influence it accordingly because heaven will back you. Heaven will back you because heaven waiting on people that God has invested in. And what you speak, heavens follow. What you bind on earth, bound in heaven. What you lose on earth, lose in heaven. Hallelujah. Then number two, before I round off your face, you are a decision maker. And please watch this very carefully. You decide what needs to change. No, uh, no, 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 not God. Not your mother, not, 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 not your friend, not your pastor. You decide what needs to change. Uh, you, you decide when to put a stop to the mayhem of the devil in your life. It is you who decides. Uh, you decide when you have had enough of things not working out. You decide. You decide when enough is enough. I am tired of getting no as an answer. You decide. God has sent me here to declare unto everyone that cares to listen that the decision is yours. The decision is you to initiate. So I can now tell you why God gave me the title of the message that your divine intervention it's now. Yes, I know the word of the month for October is October is a month of divine intervention. But church, hear me. This message will transcend beyond this month. That your divine intervention is now and you decided. Oh yes, I don't care how long it may take. But tell you one thing I do. I wake up every morning to say well, today is the day that the Lord has made. Oh, now is my salvation perfected now is my healing manifested now is my breakthrough i don't care how long i've waited but when i wake up in the morning because god has given me life oh now is the time no wonder the bible says in hebrews 11 verse 1 now faith is faith in god is in the now so child of god your divine intervention it is now and you have to activate it you need to influence it. You need to make the decision that it is now. Well, I don't care what the devil is doing around me. I don't care how long it took. But it is now. It is now. Come on, shout. It is now. It is now. Now watch this as I close. You all know this story. You all know this story. But before I tell you this story of the woman with the issue of blood, in the book of Mark, we know that God was God when he walked on the earth. At the same time, 
Jesus was a human when he walked on the earth. Because it says, I'm touched with the feelings of infirmity. Now, you know, God in heaven is not hungry. But when Jesus was on earth, he was hungry. So the feelings of your infirmity, he was touched. So when he said, I'm touched with the feelings of infirmity, he said, come unto me, don't run away. Now, Jesus was tempted the way you had been tempted. The only difference is Jesus never succumbed to the temptation. So he was fully God and fully man. And one of the ways that we saw God in operation. When God, when Jesus, God woke up one morning, oh he had an appointment with a woman. The woman of the well. The Bible says he sent forth his disciples to go and fed for food. Because the disciples would not understand. But Jesus being divine, operating in God form. I have an appointment with the woman of the well. And you know this story. That is one aspect of Jesus being God on earth. But there are many, many, many aspects whereby Jesus, when he walked on the face of the earth, he was human, 100% human. And that is why this passage blesses me. That is why this passage brings the faith of God in me to let me know that I am in control of every situation. Jesus went on a mission. On this particular day, Jesus never saw. He did not know that he was going to encounter a woman. But now let's get back to this woman, the woman with the issue of blood. Now the first month where the infirmity started, there are some times whereby you have certain things that are calling in your life because it's just happening. You don't, you don't fret. But this lady, like every other woman, at one at, at a time in a month, you know, you have your monthly period. So it happened this day. Well, it's normal. But this lady, the first month, the blood is still there. She was hemorrhaging. Now, this woman was so rich because often when we fall, we have problems. The first thing we remember is, okay, what is in your bank account? But she was so rich, but her bank account could not deliver her because the Bible says she went to visit every physician she, after she had spent all that she had. Now, listen very carefully. This woman just don't have pennies. She had this infirmity for 18 years. For you to be spending for 18 years, you got to got money. You must be loaded. But she spent all that she had for 18 years. But instead of getting better, the Bible says she grew worse. But church, this day she woke, woke up in the morning with the realization, I'm an influencer. Oh, I am the one to make the decision. She woke up this morning, haven't heard of Jesus, what Jesus did. Now she was not there to see the miracles, to see the healing. But she woke up this morning and said, well, if I'm able to touch the hem of his garment, what I've heard about this man, but if I'm able to touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. Jesus didn't have a clue who this woman is or was or where this man was at all. But this woman, when she heard the, the crowd following Jesus, she entered into the crowd against all order, trying to touch the helm of his garment. Now, remember I said unto you, this point in time, Jesus was 100% human. To the point, she touched Jesus. Can I confess? Can I make a confession? If I was one of Jesus' disciples, I'd be one of, I would be one of the radical ones. He would probably expel me. Uh, he will expel me, and I'll, I'll come back to you. But Jesus, you know, I'm your favorite son. You take me back again. I'll be the radical one. Do you know why? Because if I, if I was one of the disciples, they were, too, they were too holy. Imagine hundreds of people, thousands of people, touching Jesus. And Jesus had the effrontery to say, well, somebody touched me. Say, 
I'll probably go to Jesus. Touch his temperature. I, I, are you all right? Are you all right? Because how can you say somebody touched me? Now, this blessed me. Jesus didn't know about the touch. He did not know that the touch was coming. But an influencer, a decision maker decided, my divine intervention, it is now. That if I may but touch the hem of his garment. So everybody were touching Jesus. No, I don't care how many people praise and jump and shout unto God. But I know that when I make up my mind, regardless, God will still give me the attention. And she touched Jesus. And Jesus said, somebody touched me. Now, watch this. Who influenced the miracle? Jesus or the woman? Jesus or the woman? The woman. Because Jesus didn't have a clue. Jesus had to look around until suddenly he said, that faith. So do you now see why I said earlier on that God is waiting on you? To make that step. Rise up on your feet. God is waiting on you. To take that step. To influence. Your situation. To be the decision maker. Lift up your hands. God has only sent me here to deliver the parcel. I don't know what areas that you are facing in your life. But God told me that you're going to leave here with the determination that I'm going to be the one to make the call. I'm going to influence this, this, this situation in, in my family. I'm going to decide that enough is enough. I'm going to say no to the mayhem of the devil. Because I'm made in the image and the likeness of God. Because I'm an influencer. I'm a decision maker. So Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for the word that you have delivered unto me, O God, to give unto your people. Father, I pray that you erupt the faith within in the lives of your people that they begin to take charge and take authority of every situation in their life in the name of Jesus and Father God as we are gathered together today oh God in one accord I seize the opportunity of the corporate power the corporate faith I address every plan of the enemy, every situation, every problem, be it sickness, illness, be it delay, be it anything that assail your people. I proclaim your word that now is our divine intervention. The Lord, in the name of Jesus, chains broken. Burden lifted, doors open. Now, 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 in the name of Jesus. 
and we walk from this point onwards completely free walking in the liberty the dominion that you have made us to walk in in the mighty name of jesus thank you heavenly father for the perfection still with eyes closed that you may be under the sound of my voice and in the course of the message i did say that mankind lost the divine the divinity of god the image and the likeness yes he was there but was inactive when man fell but he became active again when we give uh, when we give our life to christ you may be under the sound of my voice or watching via our social media network it's time for you to realize that you need to begin to walk in the image and the likeness of god it's time for you to surrender your life unto god so if you're under the sound of my voice and you resonate with this word but you know in your heart that you are not a child of god you're not born again i want to give you the opportunity to just lift up your hands that i want to give my life to christ god bless you i see those hands you can put it down if you lift your hand. You can put it down. And to those of you online, you can talk to God. And I'm going to pray with you quickly. And I want everyone to repeat after me. And from this point onward, you will begin to walk as an influencer, decision maker, in the image and the likeness of God. Say, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I can't hear you say, Heavenly Father. I thank you for your word. I thank you that ultimately Jesus came to die for me to pay the price of my sin and died on the cross of Calvary. For your word says, with the heart, man believed unto righteousness and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. I decree and declare that this day, today, I believe in my heart that Jesus, you're my Lord. And I confess with my mouth that you're my Savior. And therefore I say, thank you, because I'm a child of God. I am born again in the mighty name of Jesus. Glory be to God. Put your hands together. If you're online watching and you made such prayer, you may want to drop, drop us a note on the feed or to admin at hotr.org.uk and we will be glad to reach, reach out to you. We hope you've enjoyed this uplifting sermon from House on the Rock Church, the London Lighthouse. We hope you've been informed and inspired. Join us for services every Wednesday and Sunday. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at HOTR London. Also, live stream our services on YouTube at HOTR London. For more information, visit our website on hotr.org.uk.